Live from Kent, this is The Late Late Show with Toby Payne Cook and Ed Finch. And you are listening live. It's so loud, this packing music. I'm not sure you can hear me over it. But hello, we are back. And we're talking habits, and rituals, and sessions, predictions, and things that get us through the day, the week, a month, a term, and the year. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or join in the conversation by downloading the Podbean app and following Teachers Talk Radio. Hashtag TT Radio. Hello, everybody. We are back. Well, I am back. Ed's not back yet, but I know he's intending to be back because there's been some WhatsApp WhatsApp communication in the last few minutes. So, hello, Lucy, first in the room as ever. I know you were poised and ready, according to... Um, here is the CPD Yath. Um, but I can see... The, oh, there he is. There he is. Invite. Good evening, Ed. Oh, dramatic atmosphere. Oh, hang on a sec. What happened there? You... <laughs> you... I, said, I said, good evening, Ed, and you sort of were mysteriously quiet. Oh, um, no. Well, I didn't hear you say that because I hadn't turned the sound on the phone yet, you see. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sorry about the mysteriousness, but I guess it adds something to the show. Have we got millions of people out there in radio? We've got Lucy. Hello, yeah, Lucy, Lucy. Hello, Lucy. And we've got That's Zara, it. whoever Zara may be. Good evening, Zara. Oh, Good evening, oh. other listeners, as you join. Good evening, listen backers. When you listen back mm. to this, if you listen back to this, if you if you remember who we are, it's been a while, Ed. Yeah, how long has it been? Is it three weeks? Is that all it is, or is it more? No, it's more than that because oh, I, ooh, I don't know. Did we do a show? Did we do one in the holidays? Did we? Did we do one in my first week of the holiday before you broke up? I can't remember. Maybe. We didn't... I don't know. Anyway, we we're here now. Do... We definitely didn't do one in your two weeks. And we definitely didn't do one last week. So um, it's been four weeks since the last show, possibly five. Well, that's too long. I mean, we can't leave our audience hanging that long, can we? I mean, they no, must they, have been bereft without us. What will they have been doing? Those who are addicted to listening to us might be suffering withdrawal symptoms. Did you see what I did there? I did, I did see that. It was seamless. Very <laughs> impressed. <laughs> um, but anyway, week, first of all... We're going to talk about addictions and rituals and compulsive behaviour in general. Yes, indeed, indeed. And... and but first of all, though, how are you? Are you okay? I'm all right. Yeah, thank you very much for asking with such clear, tender concern in your voice. I am all right. It's a hard life we live, though, isn't it? Isn't well, it a hard just... life we live? Yes, it can be. It doesn't feel hard to me at the moment, but I suspect it may do when I start my new full time, including Saturday's job in September. But it's going to be yeah. new, so it should be exciting. Um, but yeah, yeah I'm, so, I'm, I'm. Yeah, we don't mind, do we? We don't mind a challenge. We like. We do. What's it? Our friend Mary Myatt says, "High challenge, low threat." We like to be challenged. We like to do a difficult puzzle. We like to have something to build, but we don't like to be threatened. So, um, correct. Uh, hopefully, that's how it'll be for you with your new job. You'll be like challenged, going, "Oh my goodness, this is hard." Yeah. But knowing that you've pissed. But knowing I've got a nice boss, hopefully in a nice, well-managed school. Um, which is well funded because it's in the independent sector. So, you know, um, set up to succeed, exactly. not set up to fail. That's what we want in it. Yeah. Want you, can it. people hear Ed okay? Because I don't, can people hear me you okay? Me? Good evening, Maxim, because you're going, and you're drifting in and out a bit. Yes, it's because well, I've got it with phone in it. Do you remember I used to put my headphones in and then they went cronk? So now it's just me telephone on me on my lap. Oh, I see. That's all it is. Um, I mean, people out there in Radioland probably imagine that we're in like some studio with a light, a red light that goes on when we start recording. They probably imagine that. I'm like, 
swivel chairs and microphones on booms and things. That's probably what the they're Microphones imagining. on booms. And we've got a posse. We've got a posse making us tea all the time and stuff like that. Or bringing oh, us gin. love a posse. Didn't um, Steve Wright, he had a posse, didn't he? Steve Wright had a posse. I can't remember any of their names, but they all had, yeah, Steve Wright had a posse. He's he's finished now, hasn't he? I think he's sort of separated from the BBC and slightly, slightly... They all have, haven't they? They all have. They didn't want to retire. And in the end, someone had to say, guys, listen, the world's moved on. Ken Bruce, he's gone, hasn't he? Ken That's Bruce. Right. Ken Bruce oh, must have been about 168. Do you know what? It turns out he wasn't as old as you think, Ken Bruce. I looked it up and I was like, oh, he's not even that much older than me. He's just been doing it since I was dithering about. Since you know? he was four. Hot <laughs> master at the age of four. Um, yeah, not as old as not as old as you think, Kenny Bruce. But what they do is they immediately go and do exactly the same show on some other um, thing. So um, Ken Bruce has taken Potmaster with him and he's doing it on, you know, some other channel that we haven't heard of. But he's teachers talk radio. Maybe could be <laughs> quite a catch, wouldn't we? Ken Bruce, he, he might challenge us for a most downloaded show of the month. He might get he might the six do. quid. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I I owe you some money, actually, don't I? We'll have to we'll have to meet up in the in um in the summer and go and have a, a lovely curry in Crediton. <laughs> no such thing. Don't listen to it, people. If you're curry fans. I don't know if there's anywhere in the southwest. Honestly, I don't. I think the last curry worth eating is a Boomy Kitchen in um, Cheltenham. If, if you're on your way down, there must there be must some good ones in Bristol. Bristol. Yeah, there I must don't be... think anywhere past Bristol. I think the last good curry must be in Bristol. Can we have anybody out there in Radio Land who knows of a good curry anywhere in the southwest? From which I basically I don't really include. I know people do, but I don't really include Bristol in the southwest. I think you know when you come no, past no. Bristol. You come, you come past Portishead, Head, don't you? And then there's yeah. a bit where the um, where the motorway splits into two, and one. Oh, I love that split. bit. We've spoken about that before. I love it. You feel if you're driving west, you feel like you're taking off if you're on the outside Dude, lane. That to me, that's the gateway. That is the gateway to the southwest. In the same way that they cut through the um, Ridgeway when you come through the Chilterns on the M40, that's the gateway to Oxfordshire. You come through. Yes. There's a sign that says "Welcome to Oxfordshire" on the wrong side. You're like, well, that's, you're not in Oxfordshire. And then you come through that beautiful cutting, and you can see the bedding planes, can't you? Of the flint and the cork, and you can see that. And you come around a corner. Well, back in the day, you could gaze off to your left, and you could see the wonders of Didcot Power Station there. Yeah. In the distance, like some sort of medieval castle, like almost like the castle in Disneyland, and they've knocked half of it down, which I think is cultural vandalism of the highest order. Now you can just see Whitten and bloody clumps, don't you? But um, <laughs> anyway, who wants to see you, you're that? always talking about your what, Whitten and clumps, or whatever they're called. I'm not um, always but... talking about Whitten. I don't believe I've mentioned Whitten and clumps on this Every program. Every time I Lucy, see you, Lucy, have you have I mentioned Whitten and clumps on this program before? Say yes, Bad Lucy. Master, curriculum master Maxim's on. A, we should do a teacher version of Potmaster. You got ten seconds to mention what five out outmoded pedagogical fashions. Go for it. <laughs> well, there was a vac, and there was brain gym, and there was knowledge organizers. Oh no, no, that one's still good. That one's still good. Give it a year. Um, it's going. They're, they're being killed slowly. I think, aren't they? I think they've really gone. I think they've gone. Put a fork oh, in it. It's done. There, he's back. He's back. I didn't go anywhere. I was here. Your microphone's once, in. Lucy um, says that I mentioned Whitnam Clumps once. Come on, once. You did. When we were talking about walks. When we did a show on walks, you mentioned it then. Oh, okay. Fair enough. No, that's fair enough. I mean, it's quite a good walk, isn't it? One yeah. of, it's one of those walks that's quite good because it's not too long. You can park in a car park, up the top, round it, back down the bottom. Doesn't take you very long. Go to a pub. Last time I saw you, we went for a walk, didn't we? We went for a nice walk around Heartland, we Heartland Point, weren't we? Yeah, we did. It's almost like a little ritual with us, isn't it, to go for it a is. walk? It you is. It is a ritual to walk, to walk on that coast place. as well. We could try. We once went for a walk up by. Um, ooh, where did we go? We went for a walk up. Parked up at Salton. And walked up sort of towards Blackator. I think it's. Yes, oh, we did. That was our first walk. It was. But since then, we've confined our walks almost entirely to the northern coast of Devon. And uh, we and have. They, they walks. 
Yeah, and we're swimming next time. Anyway, let's let's um let's uh, the reason you you said something that reminded me just now. I'm talking about the the Chilterns, the cutting, the cut through the chalk mm-hmm. of the Chilterns there. Um, yes, yes. and you talked about bedding planes or something. Did talk about bedding planes. Well done. There's and that, that reminded me. I was listening for a change, Ed, and um, I that reminded me of <laughs> coastal geology, of geology and coastal yeah. geology, and I had to send to my new um school a little paragraph about myself um which will be sent on to my my tutor group you know next year so and said you know yeah. just send a paragraph about you know introducing yourself and um i said i'm interested in um yes. i'm interested in farming and the countryside coastal geology walking and swimming um and um there you go so and 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 he then replied i also said i liked live music um particularly noisy guitars wild jazz and folk plaintive folk sometimes from from all those different things and um and he replied saying we are going to have much to talk about over coffee in the in the um staff room next year so i'm excited about that there we go okay he's gonna anyway no stuff though any (laughs) <laughs> oh, what? I hear you're interested in coastal geology. Tell me, what do you think of the Variscan orogeny at Milluk? And you'll be like, I just like the rocks. <laughs> I, just, I don't know. I just like looking. I take pictures on my phone. It's nice. Don't expect me to know stuff. Yes, true. Good point. Well made. Knowledge is overrated. It's on its way out. We already said that. Knowledge is on the way out, people. And instead, there'll be mild interest. There'll be whole curriculum built around mild interest. We should talk about, we we must be due a chat on that because I've been having a lot of personal, I'm not, I'm not really chatting on the Twitter at the moment, as you know, I'm not really, except unless it's about the bug club, um, more on that later. Um, I am not really writing blogs about education. I'm not really talking in public about education at the moment, but I have had a couple of conversations with people. It doesn't really count as public though, does it? No. (laughs) How no people don't have to be involved before. anyway carry on uh, but yeah. i haven't but i have had a couple of conversations with with people including year eight students actually because they've got to do a a talk on something and one of them's going to do a talk you know like a like a leaving sort of um you know like a like a mini epq kind of presentation thing and um so they are um and one of them wants to talk on on something to do with with artificial intelligence and and in education and is 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 you know our current school model you know out of date um and uh but it that's i think that is ripe for another conversation because over the last two or three years as far as i can tell on twitter uh people have you know people dig their heels in about this stuff and and the knowledge rich curriculum and the knowledge 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 and exams and memorizing stuff is really really important for humans but it's very evident that computers are much more effective at memorizing stuff without emoting it and yet our uniqueness is about emoting things and and analyzing things and critically evaluating them and yes if you have nothing stored in your head it's very difficult to critically evaluate i buy that argument but Mm -hmm. it might be it might be we need to have that conversation again because it just strikes me that we are putting our heads in the sand as an education profession about this, probably because we're worried about our jobs, but the jobs are, um, you know, and so I don't know. Um, it's, it's an interesting one. Well, I think, you know, I feel fashions are about to change. They've changed a couple of times since I started being a teacher and we should be uh, yeah. getting better. New Labour government, new Labour government coming in two years, hopefully. But whether they're going to fix it, I don't know. They've got other things, bigger things to fix. I think it's changing before then, though, because I think the uh, you know the you know the toxic mutations of the you know the knowledge thing are becoming more and more clear. You know, so I think within these two years we're going to see a switcheroo, and then I think that will be reified, shall we say, by some new incumbent who will be listening. Do you remember? I mean, I know you weren't sort of twittering then. I'm kind of embarrassed that I was, but there was this time when. Uh, the DFE was really engaging with bloggers, you know, and they were flattered, you know. So, you know, some people say, oh, we might, we're going to have a panel at the DFE and we're going to invite the great and the good. And the great and good would be the last five people to write something, you know. <laughs> and um, I remember Hamish Smith, uh, Jane Manzoni. Yeah, just she like, wrote a lot, didn't she, back then? It was before my time, yeah. 
Yeah. She wrote a lot then, and yeah, she got she was one of the people who got invited. You know, it's like oh, she got invited along, and um, she uh, blotted her copybook by saying what she really thought, which I was rather impressed with at the time. She didn't get asked back, whereas some people got asked back more and more, and they liked it. They found it flattering, and they. Uh, they didn't. They didn't wear a badge that said "useful idiot," but they might as well have done, um, <laughs> you know. Because of course, I'd be flattered. You know, I'd be flattered. If they say, "Oh, we'd love to hear your views, Ed Finch. You are, uh, you know, you've got twenty-four thousand people on Twitter. Think you're marvellous. Most of them are bots or made an, uh, made an account on a uh, ITT session and never looked at it again. But it doesn't matter. There's twenty-four thousand of the buggers. They, you must have something to say. Come along. I'd go along. Probably get my picture taken with a junior minister. Put that on the Twitter. I'd feel terribly, terribly good, wouldn't I? So I'm, 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 you know, there's a probably a degree of sour grapes involved that I wasn't one of the chosen few. But the chosen few, when you look at it, you know, I wonder what this is. What we want them to say. Let's find out who's saying it. They're saying it. Invite them along. Maybe if we invite them along, they'll say it more, and then we can say that they're a very influential blogger and mention them on the floor of the house until they explode with pride. In the meantime, we'll just get along with doing what we want to do because, you know, there's there's enough views out there. We can find someone who who agrees with any idiocy. Yes, absolutely. Happy days. Happy days. Yeah. The question is, they're just looking for the idiots who who agree. There you go. We'll have him in. We'll say he's a very <laughs> important person. He'll like it. <laughs> I can't think who you might be thinking about. Anyway, I'm um, thinking of loads, mate. Loads. You of are. Them. You are. You know more of them than I do as well. So. Um, but um, should we talk a bit about um, our habits, rituals, obsessions, addictions, things that kind of bring our day to day life meaning? And, you know, they might be passing obsessions um, mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, they're, they're, yeah. Do, right. do you want to go so first, start Ed? Off, start off with a low bar every yeah. morning. Every morning I have to do this. Otherwise, I feel very, very uncomfortable with my life and it's very hard to rectify. I have to sit in my new, I'm new, I mean, things can change. I, uh, the last time we had a little holiday, Easter holiday, I think it was called, I built a breakfast bar. Oh. You, you, you laugh. Next time you see my house, mate, you'll come in, you're going to go, oh my goodness, he's got a breakfast bar. I have got, I found a bit of my son's old um, bunk bed from when he was little, having to throw that bit of timber away. It's been with me through two house moves. I've still got the timber. And I found a bit of that and I said, I know what I can do with this. Got a couple of legs from B&Q, yeah. breakfast bar. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it looks terrible, but I sit at it in the morning and I feel very pleased with myself sitting in my I'm breakfast bar. I'm trying to bar. picture right where on. is your breakfast bar? You know the kitchen? I'm aware of the kitchen. Uh, you've normally come in and out of my house through the front, haven't you? You're one of the very Yeah, very I come through the front door. door. You have to go and get key from some sort of secret safe somewhere to <laughs> yeah, unlock it and let me in. Because we normally come and go through the back because that's where the car is, you see. Well, uh, um, yeah. And to get through the front, it's like quite dangerous. There's this sort of ankle-breaking walking the plank act. You have There's to the beam. The it's, it's like a gymnastic beam that you have to approach to get to the front door of your house. School and you had to go along and walk along bench, you know, and you could do that. You got to a point where you could even turn around in the middle and feel very close. And then the next lesson, your teacher turned it upside down, so it was the narrow bit. Yeah. Oh. Oh, my goodness. It got very exciting. Well, that's kind of what it's like walking to the front of my house. So we come and go through the back. <laughs> it is. It is. But you know my kitchen. So if you know my kitchen, you've walked in from the front. So you're walking yeah. into the kitchen from the living room. On yeah. the left-hand side, there's a long counter, isn't there? And that's also got a built-in um, hob and the sink down yeah. at the bottom. Yeah. Imagine opposite the sink, what you used to have there was a bag full of plastic bags, a bin, the laundry basket overflowing, a big pile of shoes. Um, yes. Paint, all that sort of thing. That's gone now. It's gone. It's gone. What you got now is a beautiful pine breakfast bar. And what I do is I sit there in the morning and it's light in the morning now. How good is that when it's, it's even light Lovely. when I get out of bed? I love yeah. it. Yeah. Sit down there. Now I have to have a cup of tea. Yeah. I have to have two slices of toast. There yeah. was no bread in the house this morning. I had crumpets. Crumpets are good. I love crumpets. Weekend crumpets. I felt all wrong this morning. Oh, also, dear. I have to do the unlockal puzzle, uh, yep. which is like, I, I don't know if you've done the unlockal, but it's like working out a um, phone unlock screen with a limited number of guesses. And I have to do the Wordle. I, di I didn't do the, the Wordle. I mean, I'm so tired at the moment. I'm so tired. I didn't get the Wordle. And I, for people who um, people who uh, do the Wordle, they know what the, the word is this morning. And they're like, how did you not get that? Well, I didn't get it. I mean... I didn't get it, and I was shocked with myself. Um, but 
just this last few days, due to my friend Serdar, who's the CEO of um, of Lifter, he's now started me on Wordiply. And, and right. so I'm now getting to the point, I'm now getting to the point where I can't leave the house till I've done Unlockal <laughs> and and the Wordle and Wordiply. I then get in the car and I drive to work, which takes me 34 minutes. And on the way to work, I have to drink a bottle of water. I have to right. do it. If I don't drink a bottle of water on the way to work, the day's going to go wrong. It, I mean, they go. You have wrong to throw anyway. salt over your shoulder and stuff like that as well. Ed. No, no. I was like, I was getting. I don't know if I was getting dehydrated, but I thought I was going to do something for my health. And I you're rude about exercise. water. You you don't you you definitely don't drink enough water. I mean, I, I don't want to get all hydration on you because I know it annoys you greatly. But we might go for a a three or a four mile walk which involves some clambering and a four hour walk which involves clambering and i'm not going to drink water i'm not yeah and you don't you're not going to you're not going to take water and keep keep drinking the water you say no water's for wimps even if it's a warm sunny day and you're sweating through your beard not into it but every day i've been doing this for over a year now and i think it's been very good for my health i think it has so i drink it but if you know, if I don't drink the, I drink a bottle of water, and I, I'll be like um, driving away from the house and driving down the road, and I suddenly think, oh no, I haven't got a bottle of water. I'll either go back to the house and get one, or I'll stop at the garage and buy some ridiculously overpriced bottle of water when I could have just had a bottle of water I filled up in the house. Honestly, it's one of the things that you go, what is this? What it's like? Um, it is like ritualized behaviour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's- I don't think I'm, I'm not superstitious or anything. I just feel a bit wrong if I don't do it. And then I'm like, I don't like feeling a bit wrong. So I have to, um, you know, I won't, I don't know. I haven't looked at the quote. Are people saying that this man's dangerously insane and should see? No, no, they're not saying it because they already know it. (laughs) Um, Maxim did ask us a few, good few minutes ago now, um, are either of us AI? Um, I think, I'd like to think that Ed and I are probably the least AI-esque humans I, I kind of know, but, but, you know, they, they could, people could make a case for me being yeah. AI. I think, I think, um, my overexcitement at a great many things suggests that I'm not, but there we go. I may be wrong. Well, I met you in real life. I don't know. I mean, we, we wouldn't know, would we? We could be, we could be radio deep fakes. Um, radio yeah, deep fakes. Yeah, yeah. Rich life behavior. So, I tell you what, my morning, Rich. Oh, you go, go keep you keep going. I'll talk about me after the news. You, okay. you do you. You do you. Oh, okay. so, 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 you know, there's lots of things you don't know you do that you suddenly realise you always do. And I'm uh, I, facetiously the night before we're going back to school. I'm not going to sleep. <laughs> you know, I'm going to stay up until some absurdly late time. Like I'm holding on to the holiday. You know. Yeah. You go, I don't want to go by the way. It's partly because you know you're not going to sleep very well once you do get into bed because you're going to have a bit of back to school anxiety, which I think probably we all have. But there's all this hanging on to the holiday thing. And I'm going to stay up too late and make the most of it. Or I'm going to have a beer and stuff. I often catch myself on thinking, but you'll be happier in the morning if you've had a sleep and not, you know, haven't got a fuzzy head. Nah, you got to do it. Yeah, I think going to bed. Uh, I mean, no, I think I think we should do the rituals and habits before the news, and then we could do the sort of obsessions, interests, um, hobbies, and things that 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 make us feel. Go on, tell us your morning routine, and have you got some sort of yeah. a whole bunch of stuff? Yeah. Well, no, I'm not as much as you, I think, actually. But I think I think I do. I mean, the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning now is. Um, pop me pill um is is so that that's that's important so my, my little mother's little helper or whatever you want mother's little helper was valium it's not valium everybody um so um it's you know millhouse sorry no millhouse or milltown the one that came before valium i read a oh don't forgive me i listened to a very interesting podcast on it never mind carry on so first you pop your little pill so, so pop my pill if if you mentioned water if i, I have a, always have a glass of water beside my bed that that is a ritual i have to have a glass of water it has to be a full glass of water before i go to bed if i drink any of it when i get you know like when i sort of fill it up before getting into bed um i i will have to refill it so so i have to have a full glass of water before i go to bed i very rarely drink any of it in the night and so i drink that in its entirety in the morning as well so so that that's my my you know, a bit like you in the car i i drink a lot of water yeah first thing in the morning i don't um, like a glass of water that's been next to the bed i imagine it has bed fluff in it i'll have a fresh one please Oh, Carol. it's all right. It's, it's if it's been, if it's been there all day, not so good. It goes a bit sort of stagnant tasting, doesn't it? But but if it's yeah. only been there for sort of seven or eight hours, or you know maybe even only six hours in some cases, um, being it, 
Oh, I didn't like it. Flies have peed in it. What? Flies and what? Spiders. They've been peeing it. Spiders? Spiders, <laughs> they come over. You can see them. No, they come God, over and piss in your bedside pee. water. Oh, I once woke <laughs> up in the middle of the night, David. I don't want to tell this story. I woke up in the middle of the night and there was this rustling. There was this rustling on my bedside table. Ooh. I reached out, found a switch of the of the bedside light. We found out, got it with my little trembling fingers. Algernon. A giant Algernon, as my mother used to call them. Well, this one was a full-sized rat. Size of a dachshund. <laughs> oh, my word. Face to face with a bugger on me on my bedside table. I didn't like that. No, I didn't like, I didn't that, like that. I had no. to hunt him down and kill him. But that's just that's a story for another day. Glass um, of water. So, glass of water. So then but, but then when I um I have to the first thing I do pretty much once I'm downstairs um mm-hmm. is is have a coffee. It's yeah. Make a coffee and it's generally now that it, it's generally an espresso coffee. Um, if it's not an espresso coffee, it's a posh instant one, you know, one of those Nescafe Azeras or something like that. Um, and um, and that and I drink too much coffee. If it's a week, if it's not a work day, within half an hour of the first coffee, I will have a second one. Um, and then the coffee ritual becomes a, an all day long ritual until about three in the afternoon. So in going into the staff room. Mm-hmm. If I just go into the staff room at break time, or I go in there in a in a in, a, I have a few free lessons because the way we get timetables a bit differently. And so, if I go into the staff room or to go into photocopy or something like that as well, I will generally make a coffee. I don't need a coffee. I don't even really want a coffee. But the act of making coffee is definitely, um, you know, like that's just instant coffee that I make in staff room is is, is quite a ritual. And I think I get quite dehydrated through the day and I get quite wired through the day and I'm wired enough as it is um, by drinking too much coffee. Is someone shouting dad at me? They might be. Um, it's all right. Huh? Did you shout to me? Hello? Sorry? No? It's all right. Okay. <laughs> um, and so I thought I heard this it. great radio. This is like they got the one with the guy. You know, there the guy was posse. There. One of my posse was shouting at me through the glass window. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so yeah coffee's coffee's coffee is an addiction i am addicted to coffee um if i'm on holiday at home i will probably have three definitely maybe four nespresso pods a day um if I'm at work, I will probably have three instant coffee cups a day with an espresso in the morning um and but i always another ritual on the hot drinks is around tea time uh, you know, like not not high tea, just just old fashioned tea time. Um, you know, so somewhere anytime between sort of three thirty and five thirty, I would say, um, I will have a cup of tea, and that's the only cup of tea I have in a day. I'm a coffee yeah. man, really, but I don't don't drink coffee after that hour unless it's after a lot of booze. I might have a cup of coffee if I've drunk a lot of booze, um, because you kind of need the the stimulant to antidote to the to the depressant. Um, so I was so in that... um, Germany one time. I think it was German. I was I was in Germany one time, and the Germans were good naturedly taking the mick out of the Brits, saying we we drank a lot of tea and we were obsessed with tea. And I said, well, no, I don't even think I drink that much tea. I just think it's completely overblown this British obsession with tea. They said, how much tea do you drink? I said, I don't think I drink much. I said, I'll have a cup of tea when I get up in the morning. <laughs> then I go to work. So when I get to work, I have a cup of tea and then I do two lessons and then it's a break. So if I've got time, I'll run up to the staff room and I'll have a cup of tea. And then I've got my third period. It's lunchtime. So I have a cup of tea, finish at the end of the day, 3.30, cup of tea, go home. Have a... I was suddenly, as I was saying, I was like, oh my goodness. God, exactly. I never realised that I'm getting through seven or eight a day. No wonder I don't sleep. But I don't think it's, I don't think it's the tea or the coffee, really. I mean, I'm, caffeine's pretty addictive. So I, I, I would, I would, if I stopped drinking coffee tomorrow and, and tea tomorrow, I would, I would probably have a bit of cold turkey, but not, not desperately. I don't think, I think I'd what find something sense? else. Um, but. <laughs> a strange thing. Maybe go for a herbal tea. You don't have to go, <laughs> carry on. <laughs> but, but I think I would, I would, um, yeah, I think it's the act of making it. It's just sort of, it's just a work thing that I do. It's just something that I sort of, it's, it's, it's almost, I don't know. It's weird. I think it's just more ritual than, than addiction actually. 
Um, I think so. I just want to point out Lucy's comment. She says, we used to have a Friday lunch ritual of going for a chicken or paneer tikka roll the size of a swaddled baby, but it was scuppered by a mixture of too much pressure at school and a zero hygiene rating at the place. I miss it, though. I still have it. <laughs> That's a I've good got, story. Isn't it? Oh, I've Lucy. Strong stomach. And when you say a chicken, oh, look at that. A nice paneer tikka roll, size of a swaddle baby. I don't care about the scores on the doors. I'm having it. <laughs> but that whole, she's right that that's sort of like, oh, yeah, we pop out at, uh, on Friday lunchtime and do something slightly different. None of us do that now, do we? No, not now. No, no, definitely not now. But you, when I was, yeah, when I worked in industry, we'd always, always go to the pub Friday lunchtime. And when I worked, my first industry job, my first post, my first graduate industry job, not undergraduate industry job, we went to the pub at lunchtime and we often didn't go back. You know, it, it, you know, we, we were supposed to finish work at half past three. On a, we could finish at half past three if we wanted to. Most people didn't finish at half past three. But, you know, if you did, you had flexi hours. So you could start at like 7.30 and finish at half three, or you could start at 8.30 and finish at half four. You could start at 9.30 and finish at half five, that sort of thing. But, you know, that was people didn't really stick to those, the, the rigidity of that. Some people did a bit more. The blue-collar crew, I suppose, stuck to it more rigidly than us white-collar crew. Um, but... Fridays, even if we hadn't worked up extra hours in, in sort of flexi time, we would often go to the pub and stay there and not go back to work. And that was, um, yeah, but that was in the 90s. It was different in the 90s. Well, it was Things have changed. in the 80s and it was, I don't know if it oh, was yeah. In the yeah. 90s, we were still doing it, weren't we? Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. but um, no, but that's that, yeah, no, we're very uptight about that stuff in the education profession, particularly, you know, like, um, someone asked me the other day, are you allowed, to, are you allowed, to, a child, a child, like a, a, a 13 year old child, mm -hmm. asked me, are you allowed to drink wine at work? And I go, well, no, not really. <laughs> That's not wouldn't would be frowned upon a little bit if I was had a glass of wine at the front of my front desk instead of selling oh, a cup of coffee. Um, but 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 he said no no at lunchtime. Could you could you have a glass of wine at lunchtime if you wanted to? And I said, well, I think I probably could. But again, I, I don't think it's it's just sort of culturally not done. You know, as you go to I don't know about French schools, but French offices and French, you know, that's quite normal for them to have a glass of wine with their lunch. Um, and and I, and I don't have a problem with that you? at all. Hmm? No, I don't have a problem with it at all. But if I if I imagine one of my colleagues at the school I work at having a glass of wine with their sandwich as they <laughs> their knees on the You might think they've got a bit of a problem, mightn't you? You might think, think they've got... Would come and say, they're saying, Mr Finch, I don't really know this is a safeguarding problem and I didn't know quite where I could record it, but I just needed you to know that I saw this perfectly respectable person having quite a nice glass of Sauvignon Blanc <laughs> along with their tuna mayonnaise sandwich. I wouldn't know what to do with it either. I'd be like, thank you for informing me. No, it's important that you tell me about any concerns you have However mm. small, and then they go out, and I think, well, I don't know what to do with that. I'm going to ignore that and hope it never happens again because I ain't got a space on a form for it. <laughs> no, exactly. But it's it's culturally quite an interesting one. In in you it know is. we're we're not good we're not good casual drinkers in this country, are we? Are we are um we 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 we're famously binge drinkers. You know whether it's tea. If someone having a drink, you imagine they're taking it seriously, is what you're saying. <laughs> not, yeah. Not some fly by night, half a glass of wine, and back to the office. No, no, no. If we're going to drink. We'll do it properly. We'll be necking it. Come on. <laughs> exactly. We'll be we'll be Pretty having strong. a Credison High Street pub crawl. And, well, yeah. Like Douglas was saying, I have to say, sorry about this, listeners. Douglas was saying. Are we going to do that next year? I'm like, mate, it's quite a long way off. The Toby might have better offers. Oh, I think it was really good. We should definitely do that again. I'm like, you've changed your tune. <laughs> he might have a bunch of people he wants to do with. I'm, I'm up for doing it, whether it's done on New Year's Eve. I'm, I'm up for doing it again before the, before the year is out. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, we had fun. Um, we it had was good. Um, so should we do the news and then come back and talk a bit more about? Things Hobbies that and pastimes and things that yeah. get us through our lives. Definitely yes. I've got lots to say on that one. Come on. Cool. All right. Um we've only got five minutes. So here you go, everybody. News adverts, etc. Stay with us back in five. 
This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, educational guides and magazines specifically aimed at forward-thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. A report on the BBC website focuses on Ofsted's response to recent criticisms following the death of Ruth Perry. Ms Perry died while waiting for a report which downgraded her school. Ruth Perry's sister, Professor Julia Waters, wanted a full review to take place, but Ofsted has announced only some changes. Chief Inspector Amanda Spielman said the organisation would continue to listen to try to make improvements. She outlined the changes in a statement and they include looking at how inspectors can return more quickly to schools who have work to do on safeguarding, otherwise performing well, in order to reflect improvements in their judgments making the complaints process more responsive, which would see issues being addressed during inspection rather than afterwards, and holding briefings for head teachers where schools have not been inspected for a long time. In response, Professor Waters said the inspectorate was totally insensitive to the situation and was far from anything like a meaningful response to growing calls for reform. Education Secretary Gillian Keegan said standards on keeping children safe would not be watered down, the TES reports on concerns over school absence rates and the impact it could have on upcoming GCSE exams. Fears have been raised over the exam regulator's plan to return grade standards to pre-pandemic levels for the 2023 summer series, when a TES analysis reveals that absence is still 70% higher than before the COVID lockdowns. Year 11 students have missed 10.7% of sessions, equivalent of half a day at school, during the autumn and spring terms, according to DFE figures and FFT data lab information. The absence rate amongst disadvantaged Year 11 students is more than double that of their non-disadvantaged peers. Former Schools Minister and Chair of the Commons Education Select Committee, Robin Walker, said the findings were of a grave concern. Exam regulator Ofqual has promised some protection against any impact of COVID disruption to learning, but has not shared details. Despite a government drive on attendance, the objective to return attendance to normal pre-pandemic levels has not been met. School leaders and MAT CEOs have expressed concern at the lack of consideration being given to high absence rates. They also acknowledged that many had not anticipated the difficulties currently being faced. The Guardian featured an article on vaping and the concerns many have over the potential future impact on young people. With many schools acknowledging the difficulties they experience in dealing with vaping amongst children and young people, and research suggesting that pupils as young as nine are admitting to vaping at least once, the article focuses on the downsides to what was initially presented as a more healthy alternative to smoking. The rise of the fruity vape flavours with enticing names such as Blueberry Blast have encouraged young people to believe they are harmless. According to some, they reduce your appetite, making them more enticing to some users. What isn't often talked about is the addictive element and the fact that many of the products, although not all, contain nicotine. Some youngsters who have never smoked have found themselves addicted to nicotine anyway. A recent study indicates that up to 15% of all 11 to 15 year olds in the UK are now vaping and the habit is proving just as difficult to kick as all other addictions including smoking. Finally, many head teachers have called on schools minister Nick Gibb to drop what they describe as a misguided policy, which means schools must open for at least 32 and a half hours per week. In a letter to the minister, leaders of the two main head teachers unions warn that since guidance on the proposal has not been provided, many have assumed it is not going ahead. The letter requests a minimum of a delay until September 2024. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. Oh, that's it. We're back in the room. There was no 
jingle at the end. Nothing to nothing to warn us. Hello, Ed. No tech, uh, no tech tips. None of that. No tech tips today. No. Oh. Although, um, that, yes. Can I pick up on the vaping issue as a as a parent of of three? Um, well, one post teenager. Ollie used twenty, and um, Steve's not on. He will be back. Thanks, Tom's told us that. Yes. Yeah, so um, we missed Steve today. Um, uh, yeah, so um, oh, well, hello, Tom, as well, by the way. Welcome to to our rambling show. Um, we've missed it, and we're very happy to be back. Um, anyway, um, vaping. Yes, yeah, so Ollie's addicted to vaping. Um, he's addicted yeah. to nicotine, I should say. He's not addicted to vaping. Um, and and he was... But but I don't... I just want something that I think is incorrect about the stereotype news item on vaping. I don't mm -hmm. think the blueberry stuff... I don't think... I don't think children young children think these things are harmless i think they know oh, think you know particularly know if they've got nicotine in up. them sorry yeah they're exciting and they're going i don't know these are always they're exciting missing. and there's and this peer group it's it's classic harmless. it's classic teenage no you know no risk evaluation it peer belonging if your mates are vaping or your mates you know to fit in with a certain crowd mm -hmm. um that's what's going to happen do you remember the huge fuss about alco pops do you remember that yes Came out. I was like, "Oh, young people are drinking these because they think it's just a harmless lemonade." No, that's not true. They exactly, know. they know they know it's got alcohol in it, and they know it's not good for them. But they know it's not going to affect them because that's what you think when you're young. That's right, because they're bulletproof. Well, I was bulletproof for a bit, but not now. No, but but I I think on on things that we get addicted to, whether it's nicotine, whether it's caffeine whether it's alcohol, which is a pretty ugly addiction if you're properly addicted to it. It's probably the ugliest one of the lot, actually, I should think. Um, you know, or whether it's cocaine or, or, or crystal meth or, 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 or exercise, you know? Some people are obsessively addicted to exercise, and I don't think that's good for them. I think it's weird. Some people, perhaps like me, are addicted to not exercising, and, and that's probably equally bad. But, you know, somewhere in the middle... Somewhere in the middle, there's someone who can go for a little jog at the weekend and enjoy it, but doesn't need to tweet about it. Mm. Can you imagine such a person? Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. I think, well, that's the thing I noticed by not being on Twitter very much. Twitter is an addiction. Twitter is an addiction. It is a horrible addiction. It is, it is a horrible it addiction. And, and of course, like all things that we get addicted to, there are many great merits to it. There's, there's you know, red wine's delicious, but if you and drink three bottles a night, it, cool. it, you know, and, and Twitter, but, but Twitter is an addiction. It's very addictive. And I think yeah. when I was pretty addicted to Twitter, um, mm -hmm. Uh, you know, you you'd want you you want you know magic finger was became so tedious. I imagine for most people, but you can ignore it, of course. But yeah, it is it is. It is they're, they're lovely people who tweet about their jogging and their runs and their five k this and their five k that and 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 well done. It's like if you um, you know, if I did a beautiful lino cut at the weekend, yeah, you'll uh, tell I, people. I do. I go away. Part of the um, gratification of making a part of it is a time i spend making it and the uh, peace it brings me is it's just me and the lino and the cutting edge of my tool and that but there's also that thing i'm going to share it and you know and some people might say nice things about it i don't think um i'd be being dishonest if i didn't say that because i it's fairly rare that i do a piece of creativity of some sort and don't share it on social media one way or another um, yeah, and that's actually what we through, do these you know, days, isn't it? It gets me through. It gets me through. And like I'm living in a town that I didn't, you know, I don't know, and I don't know an awful lot of people here. So you know, there's no, there's no great harm in it. I tell you, no. so we're going to talk. So things we do in a week. So I fairly recently, you know about this, and I must have mentioned it a couple of times. I think, but I've started this thing called the Crediton Strummers, and every Tuesday. Yeah. I rush home from work on a Tuesday. It's SLT meeting, but I stop it on the button. I say 20 past five is the limit. As late as we're going, jump in the car, drive home, cook the cook it, quickest tea I know, and I'm out. I'm singing and playing guitar with a bunch of people who I now think of as friends. A few yeah. weeks ago, there were just some people who turned up for this advert I put out on Facebook, you know, but... Um, that's, that's really so nice. And if I missed that for a week, I think I would be quite bereft, actually. I really yeah. look forward to it. And I, I mean, it's not high quality music making. Nobody must think so. It's just strumming some chords and singing some sort of 
popular songs that we like well i think i think the looking forward to something is really important so that's the and, and i think as teachers if we're working really really hard like flat out in term time um mm -hmm. it, we, we have a teachers have a very different rhythm to their jobs and their careers to most other jobs because most other jobs don't get the length holidays that we get but they kind of stop at five o'clock or, or they stop at eight o'clock, you know, um, the, you know, the, but, or they stop in two in the morning or whatever, if it's shift work, but, but they, 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 you don't, I mean, you know, unless you're at the high level in, in some kind of profession, you don't, you, when you when your shift stops or your, your office series of meetings stop, you kind of go home and then you've got the weekend. Now, you know, if you're a CEO or you're really high up the organisation, um, then then maybe your weekends are really, really, really stressful as well, or a politician or something. But yeah. but I think I think um, they have the weekends, but they have fewer holidays. So they they would might in you know, a Friday night or a Saturday night might be a bigger a bigger look forward to thing, and there might be this sort of five days on, two days off ritual, which doesn't. Well, it certainly doesn't happen in the early stage of your teaching career. Um, and, you know, where, you know, so I think, but we have these long holidays to look forward to, which, which you know, is, is a real, and obviously I have exceptionally long holidays to look forward to in working in the private sector. So, so and that is a really big blessing. But I think it is a, also a massive negative in the sense that you've often got to go five, six, seven, sometimes eight weeks before you've got that next next thing to look forward to and it's that's quite dangerous i think for our our biological rhythms and things and you know that's when people get run down and tired and stressed and da, 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 da. and so but having something to look forward to whether it's a weekly thing it might just be you know a, a weekly pint with with someone who you don't work with with a friend it might be a weekly weekly strum sesh or it might be a weekly weekly gym session or it might be a weekly you know or whatever it is and i think i think that's that's pretty key to getting us through life however much we love our jobs how much we love our work and however much we're valued in them i think we all need something to look forward to and i think if that looking forward to thing is six months away or a year away that's not very healthy so that i've never understood the annual holiday thing because i didn't grow up with an annual holiday i grew up in north devon if it was sunny we went to the beach if it was rainy which it was most of the time we did whatever we did and 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 you know we didn't need to go away for holiday because we had we had lovely countryside on our doorstep and and my parents prioritized money on education rather than money on creature comforts and 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 holidays and stuff but i think i think living for your one week in the sun in the summer i, I think that's personally quite unhealthy that you've got to try and set up a lifestyle for yourself ideally work that you enjoy um and that you are valued in yeah. and and a hobby that occurs at least at least fortnightly if not weekly or or, or mm -hmm. twice weekly um that you that you look forward to that brings your life meaning beyond beyond the just the drudgery of of getting up going to work earning money coming home feeding the family just about and and all that sort of stuff so so i think the looking forward to is really really key isn't it um and as people know you know for a large chunk of the last few years I've had a lot of stress and not that much to look forward to. And then we've all had COVID, which has prevented us from doing our normal things, um, you know, the, the, which is sort of a fairly distant memory. All those lockdowns to me now are that it seems it seems like a different life, actually. Um, but um, I'm really into I'm really into my life. You know, I, what I've worked out is I have got an addiction of some kind of cultural um, collection. So, so that might be buying books. It might be buying secondhand books. It might be going into a bookshop and not being able to leave without buying a book. Um, but I've kind of curbed that and replaced that with records. So since my 50th birthday, when I treated myself to a turntable, I have bought a lot of um, vinyl records, um, secondhand, some of them quite cheap, but some of them not that cheap. And, and I've bought too many of them and you know uh, really but but it brings me pleasure the buying of them the looking at them the the playing them uh, quite frequently um it brings me pleasure but i've kind of almost replaced that now with gigs i'm absolutely obsessed because i've got a bit more well next year i have a bit more surplus income than and so i'm kind of borrowing against next year's earnings already mm -hmm. but um but you know, I'm I'm just enjoying going to a lot of gigs. I've got lots of festivals lined up. I love live music and the thrill of 
you know, my next live gig, I really look forward to. And, um, and I've fallen particularly in love with this new band um, called The Bug Club, who are, they're just brilliant. I, I, you know, it might be because it's just tapped into my mood and I'm suddenly sort of going to gigs again because Amanda might... What, what sort of a thing are they? Because I've, I've seen you talking about them, but I haven't listened to them. <laughs> well, they, they, so, so they, they are, I heard, I can't remember whether I heard them first. I think I heard them first on Six Music. Mark Riley champions them. I don't listen to Six Music very often, but I like Mark Riley because he's he's kind of quirky. You know, uh, Mark and Lard wasn't it? Was with with them, mm-hmm. um, with and um, he was ex Fall bassist. And so he and he's he's played them a few times. And they're just they're sort of they're garage pop, I suppose is is how you describe them. But they're but they're more than that. They're, so I went to see them in Exeter for the first time um, on Good Friday. Um, and and met new gig mates there, um, and he they they're just a three piece um, from from the rock and roll town or village of Caldercott in South Wales in Monmouthshire, um, and they've been playing together. Well, two of them have been playing together since school, um, but that which was and they sort of formed in 2016. They were a five piece, but then they sort of went down to a three piece i think before the pandemic and they just they write lots of songs they've got a lot of songs they, the song craft is really good the musicianship is really good they sort of have wig outs a bit they've got a couple of rock operas so they you know it's pretty simple pared down stuff it's just guitar bass and drums but the bassist she plays the bass like a guitar because she used to play guitar she plays it with a plectrum and 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 you know fingers going up and down the the the, the, the frets um a lot and and they're, they're good musicians they're pretty energetic um and the songs are good and 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 a bit loose and ragged a bit punky in places um I, I just it's just compelling and and a live band playing well is, is a joyful thing and because they're a new band playing in small venues you know it's it's sort of 13 14 quid a ticket rather than your your 30 quid for your big name in a in a bigger venue in a in a, in a provincial town or, or city um so um uh that's what i i don't know it's just been exciting so i went to see them in guildford last week and i drove up to see them in cambridge last night because um i wasn't working this morning and um bit bit weird bit obsessive but because i you know i know that from september i'm going to be working a lot longer hours and longer days and so i'm just enjoying enjoying sort of you know the, the freedom i suppose yeah to, to be i mean it's different for you and it's different for, it's different for everybody but when before i was a parent you know before we and me and diane were parents we'd be out at a movie yeah. or at the theater or at a gig i don't know three nights a week and that was part yeah. of our life we loved it we loved it you know and i'm not i mean we've loved being parents as well obviously you know but uh, it's it's i would like to think that there's a time when i might get back to well, exactly. I think that's I where I'm. I, too much, but you're sort of because of your situation, you do have some of that freedom back then. You, I've got that freedom. Life. Yeah, I have. I've half the week I don't have the, the kids with me. Uh, well, Ollie's twenty, so he he's actually back working, you know, himself. Um, and and so you know, he's not he's not at uni anymore. Um, and the girls are flat out revising and stuff, but they don't. They, you know, I so, could so... imagine someone saying, like, you know, us because we are middle aged men, aren't we? Very middle aged men, and um, I come so well, you know, of course, you have to go out to the art center and play guitars with a lot of other middle aged men because you know, there was a time 10 years ago you wouldn't have dreamed of it, you were 24 7 caring for some wee shitting beast, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so time you know we were so busy being dads and now we're still dads 24 7 but it's a different sort of a daddy very different exactly german speaking test today and i have to say he did do one gcse last year which was the english literature but this that's the official start of exam season isn't it he's done his french speaking like now he's done his german speaking i'm like that tiny little baby i held in my arms it was smaller than his own teddy bear is now taking him off self off to school to a German speaking and listening test. I think I was trying to practice the German speaking listening within the pub last night. Oh no. I don't, I don't speak any German. So no. <laughs> I don't think I was very convincing. But uh No, I think exactly it changes very quickly. So I'm I'm single, freshly single. I, I I'm gonna be earning a bit more money next year, so feeling a bit more flush and 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 I've just got that freedom and, and someone said to me at school that they said, God, how long's your midlife crisis gonna last, Toby? And I go, Well, 
you know, I'm I'm just. It's not, I don't think it is a midlife crisis. I think I'm just just. I've got myself sorted clear. out. I mean, I'm sorry to be doing this in Radio Land, but I think your midlife crisis was fairly clearly signalled in a number of ways. But I think you're past it now. Now you're just enjoying going to gigs and buying records. Which as yeah. long as the money hands, as long as the money holds up, why not carry on? Exactly. I, I think so. Yeah, I'd love a bit more. If I had a little bit more disposable income, which I don't have, then I think. Well, I mean, there's not an awful lot of gigs in Exeter. I'd be uh, my uh, two of my um, bandmates in the Crediton Strummers had to drop uh, had to miss the session last week because they were driving their children up to see Cannibal Corpse in um, uh. in Bristol. I'm like that. You know, greater love hath no man than that he drives his teenage son up to Bristol from Exeter to yeah. watch Cannibal Corpse at the Academy. <laughs> like, enjoy I know. Song, we're not going to go in. We'll sit in a pub opposite. <laughs> well, that's yeah, it. Well. You know, you can, I, there's a lot of taxiing. You know, my two eldest drive now. So Anna, I will, I taxi about a fair amount, but, but we'll do more probably next year because she's, you know, Gemma and Ollie won't be necessarily around to taxi her themselves. So, so, um, so you know, there's there's that sort of time. You know, the parent children do still are. You know, in, I'm not saying this in a negative way. A significant drain on one's time and resources. Um, a couple of weeks ago, it was in the it was in the holidays, but a couple of weeks ago, a Douglas says, "You know, will I? Would you take me to this chess competition?" I'm like, "Yeah, I will definitely." Where is it? It's a Seaton. Seaton's quite a drive from here, you know. It's on the it's on the coast, sort of by yeah. So I drive. It's an hour's drive, and then I drop him off. And the people of this, you know, I've taken his sixteen year old child dropping off at this chess club, which is otherwise, other than him, very much retirees. <laughs> but they welcome so kindly, you know, and yeah. beautiful. And they're like, "Why don't you stay?" And I'm like, "No, I'm not really a chess player." Oh no, no, it'd be lovely to have you. You will stay, won't you? I'm like, "Do you know what? I don't think I will. <laughs> I could go for a little walk." So I go for a little walk down to the coast and Seaton, my word, one letter <laughs> away from Satan, and rightly so. I mean, it's just a hell of the rain's coming down. Seaton's oh got the shite on. Sorry, it's excuse gone. my language. Uh, yeah, it's not a pretty place. I, I'm like, shall I go back to the chess club? No. <laughs> shall I sit in a pub? I've got to drive back to Crediton, and if I have one pint, I'll want another. No, what should I do? End up sitting in the car in the car park in Seaton, reading poetry by the light of the dash light. <laughs> thinking, when's this gonna finish? Just, I mean, I couldn't be more proud. There's no way I could be any more proud of my kid wants me to go drive across the county yeah. so he can play chess with some old it's people brilliant. in a club. How beautiful is that? How beautiful That's is really that? Really good, exactly. It's 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 it's, you, it's rare, isn't it, and to do that. For that sort of thing, whereas driving them to a to a party or driving them to a rugby training session or a football training session is not no, so rare. I um, wouldn't do it. It's just not no. going to happen. Sorry but but um, Ed, we've we've got to finish more or less on time today because where I'm broadcasting from this this studio with the with the with the posse in and and the red light and the and the, and the microphone um it's it's about to become my son's bedroom um when he gets back from his football and has to get up at five o'clock tomorrow morning to go and prune apple trees so so um there we are it's time um, of year to be pruning apple trees is it I should think is it the right time yeah yeah, you, yeah, you prune, prune in the spring if you want to encourage growth. You prune in the autumn if you want to discourage growth. Apparently, wow. that's right. So, so they, yeah, it's encouraging them to grow in the right shape, make picking easy, isn't it? I think. But it doesn't impact on the uh, on the nesting birds, then. I don't think that many birds are nesting in these commercial apple orchards, to be honest, are they? They they might be nesting around the nesting around the edge of them, but I don't think they're nesting in the in the apple trees themselves. I don't know though. Um, you're strumming, Ed. I think I, I think I've spoken about pretty much everything I wanted to, hobbies wise and rituals wise and habits wise. Um, do the um, there were some comments which I found very amusing. Which yes, we, there were some good comments. We, we're going to go over by a few minutes. It's fine. The people who listen back, I don't know if they get the... Um, no, they won't they... see the comments, I don't think, no. I think they do, no. So there's some very nice stuff. After our stuff about somebody having a Sauvignon Blanc with a tuna mayonnaise sandwich, the people in the chat had a, had a lovely uh, a lovely little chat about that, saying, 
maybe you should uh, report them if they're doing you know, bad pairings, you know? Um, <laughs> yes, a Rioco with, with a beef sandwich is fine, but Lee Frambouche, no, that's got to go. Exactly, no, I mean, a nice Rioco with a roast beef sandwich is fine. Lee Frambouche with anything is... I remember it being nice at the time. Well, I think see? that'd be instant dismissal from my Frank. Frank, I'm not sure if you'd, what you'd do if you saw someone drinking a Jaeger bomb at lunchtime. Um, I think that might be a safeguarding issue. <laughs> um, I mostly avoid the Jaeger bomb. Anyway, I thought that was very amusing. It was one of those quite frequent examples we get of the people in the chat. Yeah. More Lucy suggested the Jaeger bomb could be used to clear loo bo blockages. Actually, do that. Um, Maxim said, does, does listening to this radio show can't constitute a hobby? Oh, so I, I guess if if it plays that role for you, but I feel deep sadness. Um, no, Maxim, that's, I'm touched by that. I'm touched by that. I know that Richard Newbold's an enthusiastic listen backer and, and they've, that he's missed us. And, and I know Lucy loves it. You know, it's, it's, it might be a niche, and, but, but we're, we're lovely chaps and we're nice to listen to. And, um, you know, I, I think um, there's an awful lot of people missing out, frankly, Ed. Well, spread the word, mate. Spread the word. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. I think we're a little niche myself, but it's nice that uh, a couple of people join us to listen. And if they do, <laughs> and if it's any pleasure, then I'll tell you what, it's a diversion for me, as well as my credit and strummers on a Tuesday. I know I'm going to have a chat with Toby on a Wednesday. And frankly, if I wasn't doing it on radio, I might not get around to it. So I'm glad we do. Yeah, nice. Good. What are you going to play us? Well, I, I, you were hoping to hold it over next week, but I've had no better ideas. So thinking about um, thinking about um, addictions and distractions, is we're going to go for perfect day? Will you join in in the chorus? Will you please? Yes, I'll look up the words. Yeah. Such a perfect day. Drank sangria in the park. Then later, when it gets dark, we go home. Just a perfect day to feed animals in the zoo. Then later a movie too. Then home. Here's the chorus joining in. Everyone is oh, such a perfect day. day. I'm glad I, I spent it with you. Such such a perfect day you just keep me hanging on it just keeps me hanging on just a perfect day problems all left alone i've lost the key <laughs> weekends on our own it's such fun Just a perfect day You made me forget myself I thought I was someone else Someone good You're good, aren't you? Yes Yes, Here you're go. good It's, it's such a perfect day, day. I'm, I'm glad I spent it with you Oh, oh, such a perfect day, day. You, you just keep me hanging on You just keep me hanging on Is there more of it? Oh, no. I went, I tried to go baritone then. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I think I try and sing too high, which is why I'm awful at singing. I think, I think I kind of lose pitch and goes all over the place. Whereas I think if I tried to sing a bit lower, I could hold the note a bit better, I reckon. But I, I need to practice that. What did they tell you when you were a child? So when you get people who think that they can't sing, nine times out of ten, you talk to them and they say, oh, my teacher told me I couldn't sing. And you're like, well, why? You never believed the teacher when you told him anything else, you know? No, so no. Art oh, as well. Drawing. Drawing and singing are like that, aren't they? It's difficult. You'll never difficult one to Can't draw, can't do maths, can't sing. There you go. Those three. There you go. Um, anyway, that's it. Um, I would quite like to. Um, in, in the absence of anything, any better ideas that unfold through the week, next week I'd quite like to build on this sort of hobbies, rituals, 
things um, and build it up to describing our perfect day in school, in work, and a perfect day, maybe a weekend day or, or a perfect holiday day. I don't know. It just I think that's quite interesting to talk about. It's a bit indulgent, okay. but... Okay, what do well, you think? We'll keep it safe for work, but uh, I know we're not work. We won't. Um, it's... <laughs> well, with a late, late show, I don't think we need to do highbrow teaching talk at nine o'clock at night, you know? I think we, as long as it's linked to, we are teachers. We we always we did talk about schools and teaching earlier on. Actually, we did quite a lot. So, um, and we've certainly spoke about making coffee all day in schools as well. So, um, or Would tea. A perfect day involve a trip to work. I don't know if I'm allowed. My what is it? A perfect work day. Well, I think I think we should have a perfect work day. What's a perfect day at the coalface look like? feel like and what's a perfect day in okay. in your day to day life? You know, in your in your okay. private life. Yeah. So we're doing that next weekend. Oh, not well, this weekend. Next week, I shall look forward to it. And until yeah. then, ladies and gentlemen of Radio Land, it has been wonderful spending this time with you. But it is now time for me to go to sleep. So, love to you all. And yeah. night night. Night night all. Take care. Bye. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.